What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the fifth installment of Dogs Football Podcast with your host, Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, what's happening? Glad to be back. Uh, have another episode. We got some good content today. We're ready to get going. Good content would be an understatement. We got a lot of content to get to today. And we're about a couple months, September 11th is the day to circle on your calendar in Manhattan, Kansas against Kansas State. We'll get to Kansas State here in a little bit. Uh, so actually, the season's in almost two months. And I remember Nick Hill said that uh, about 20 days, it'll be fully get on, getting going here towards the opening week. All right, Noah, here we are. Speaking of Coach Hill, we have a – he was on Sports Force 103.5 this morning – talking to Mike Murphy and his crew there um, to talk about, because he said that as soon as he said they were having Nick Hill on, that so many fans texted and asked him questions, and we'll get to those questions shortly. We'll talk about it a little bit more, and then we have a – we actually have a lot of these topics that Nick talked about this morning, and we'll play it for you guys on recording a little bit so we don't have to fully just rant on and on about it. That will get the coach's words himself. So, yeah, he was on Sports Wars this morning, talked about a little bit of Jeremy Chin, talked about uh, uh, transfers coming in, what their impact will be. He talked about uh, where they stand in terms of where their high of competition is, the Dakotas and all that stuff, how they fare against them at this point, he thinks, and so on. So we'll get to that here Right in a second, Noah. All right. Here we go. Nick Hill talking about, first about Jeremy Chin. He was asked about the star defensive back going into his second season. true we hope he can because we know in his college career a little bit he struggled to stay healthy but they knew it was his junior year that you know the NFL probably relied upon that was when he played his most games at his highest level his senior year he missed uh, quite a few games so and he's managed to stay healthy he's very durable in his rookie year hopefully it stays that way so we have to agree with coach there um well, so what do you say on that Noah yeah, especially coming off his rookie, a great rookie season, finished second in defensive rookie of the year voting behind Chase Young of the Washington football team. Many thought it could go either way, but Chase ended out on top. So, 
Yeah, it's just great to see Jeremy. He's uh, being um, an ambassador for not only the SIU football team, but um, SIU as in general. So uh, I know when uh, Deanna Price qualified and broke her record, he retweeted the video of it and said Saluki. So it just shows that not only for football, he's a Southern Illinois University Carbondale ambassador through and through. For the entire country, you know, I'm sure... A lot of people have asked him, even his teammates, I'm sure, in the NFL have asked him about what's it like coming from this level of college football. I'm sure he's told them all about it. You're right on the Deanna Price thing. I mean, he is he's all about it, and we love that. He's putting us more and more on the map than he was when he was on the field. Um, you know, how, how good he is at that level already. And people do look at him as being one of the, you know, top versatile, you know, hybrids in the whole NFL already, so... Cannot wait to see him in year two. All right, Noah, uh, one of the other, uh, mainly a, a big thing coming, because we know a couple coaches stepped down. Uh, Jared Petrino stepped down recently for uh, personal reasons. He was a big part of this, uh, of what we built to this point. Um, and then Marty Rogers also took a better job, I believe. We know how important Marty Rogers was to the uh, defensive backs, here at SIU. If you ask Jeremy Chin, even, he will tell you all about him. He was a pivotal, pivotal point for this team, but they hired a couple new coaches recently, didn't they, Noah? That they did. They uh, hired as a cornerbacks coach Tony Carter. He's a former NFL cornerback. Um, he served one season as defensive assistant for the Detroit Lions, played his college ball at Florida State. And went undrafted in 09 and played for the Denver Broncos and then lasted eight seasons. And that teammates with Peyton Manning. Yes, that he lasted eight seasons in the NFL. And so that is a big pickup, especially as you look at it. I know, like, especially for, like, the salary-wise, if you look at it that way, like a defensive assistant, I think, is making – a lot. I know I don't know. Let me find the exact numbers. I have it here somewhere. We'll be able to – we'll play a little snippet uh, from Nick this morning talking about these coaches here in a second as well. Yeah, the average salary for an NFL assistant is 400000 and an average salary, an average salary as an SIU assistant is 60000 So that's a big difference. But this is maybe where he sees the potential of this team and where he wants to be. So – Shout out to him. Then yeah, Nick mentions, uh, sorry to cut you off, Nick mentions here that uh, perhaps he was just ready to come down to the college level and coach it more. So money aside, you know, he wanted to come down to this level and start coaching. Then we hired a new special teams coordinator, Jamie DeBerry. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Nick will say DeBerry or DeBerry, one or the other. He, uh... He's joining SAU staff. Uh, he spent two seasons at defensive corner at uh, Division II Virgi- Virginia Wise. And uh, back in 2019, he was Ohio Dominican's defensive coordinator. He's a former linebacker. At West, for, he played his college ball at Western Kentucky. He was part of the coach. He, uh, he was part of the 2002 Western Kentucky's national championship season. I believe that's when they were still in the FCS. So. He has a lot of things he can do. I believe he started as a graduate assistant in 08 
at Western Kentucky and moved his way up through defense coordinator through many stops. He was had a couple stops at Indiana State. And now he's back in the Valley, and he's going to be a very important coach. As we know, special teams is very important. Oh, yeah. And why well, just remember even at the professional level, teams struggle, special teams, and obviously it will sink you even more at that level. And having it at this level, you know, there's a lot of good offensive special teams, especially in the Missouri Valley. So defensively is, I think, most important. You know, obviously you want good field position when you're returning the ball, but even preventing good field positions even even more of an importance. So here's Nick Hill's words on these hires. Decided we were going to play the actual uh, video that um, that whole Patriots thing that he almost took a job with them, but decided that he wanted to stick at the college level. And like you mentioned, the pay the pay difference didn't matter to him; doesn't matter to him. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, he knows it. You know, like Nick said, that they built a relationship, so he knows he knows he can trust him. They know they can trust each other, and that he wanted to come here because they knew a lot of people know, and I'm sure he does that he knows we're going to be good this year. So. He took the chance. You know, a lot of what he said is also what you already said about both those guys, but the specifics, you know, about what exactly they'll be doing is pretty cool. So uh, welcome to those coaches. Hope they're ready to uh, bring a ring to Carbondale. Help in that regard. You got anything else on this? No, it just shows that 
now that Nick Hill has the ability to bring in high-level coaching, like he said at June, not the usual time to hire guys. Just find high-level coaching, and we'll get to a couple a transfer here in a minute. But uh, bring in high-level and legit transfers and hire high-level coaching that our program can no longer go under the radar that we are here to stay. Mm-hmm. That's without a doubt. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, these coaches know, even though, like, like you mentioned with the, uh, with the money differences that even if, you know, the money's there that they want to come and be at something special, you know, and they build that relationship so they know they can trust each other. And he wanted to come in and, uh, um, coach at the college level and see what we got going on here. I think we pretty much set the stage for that this spring season for, for what's to come potentially. Hopefully he can help bring us a ring potentially. So those are those hires, you know, we're really happy with those that came a couple days ago. So, Noah, let's get into now, before we get into some of the preseason, some more preseason lists or uh, projections for teams, where they rank to start, and another transfer along with what Nick Hill's got to say about the transfers and that preseason top 25. Let's get into now, the main account tweeted uh, late in June about you know, some of the all-time record book stuff that we did and the accomplishments we did this past fall season. I'll just quickly go through all these and we'll say what we think here. We had our first playoff appearance in 2009. We knew that. Second playoff road win in school history at Weber State. Sixth team in, sixth team in school history to advance to round of, to the round of eight. Finished season ranked number eight, highest since 2009. Most wins against ranked opponents in school history, tied with 2005 and the 2007 teams. Most top five wins in school history beat the number one, number three, and number four ranked teams, which we knew at that point that that was going to potentially get us in the playoffs. We had to beat Southeast Louisiana State at the end of the year, but we knew that uh, uh, you know those wins were had the caliber on the resume. Uh, the second time in school history beat the number one ranked team. Nine of the Ten opponents were ranked when SIU played them or finished the season ranked. They were back-to-back, had back-to-back winning seasons for the first time since 2013. Because um, we knew the first couple of years under Nick Hill, after he took over for Dale Lennon, were pretty rough. Um, ranked in the top 25 for eight straight weeks, longest streak since 2009. That was a special year. First nationally televised game, ESPN2, which that was in the playoffs since 2007, and the third in school history. Getting some national notoriety there, even more than we think we already have. And the last one, we led the conference this season in total offense, passing percentage, first downs, third down percentage. So that's that last one doesn't really, doesn't really surprise us. We knew right, Noah, how uh, explosive our offense was this year, right? That is correct. We knew that with. Javon Williams back and Romero Elliott, and we added Justin Strong to the backfield, plus our receivers, and bringing in Jerron Rollins. That we didn't know exactly quarterback wise what we'd have, but we had a battle in the summer, and we ended up what we had, and we did the best. And we just knew with the weapons, it didn't matter who was back there, that we'd get it done. You're right, and those guys coming back, or those guys. In their last couple of years, we knew they had something to prove, you know, in their last – because we say it all the time, the pro aspirations that these college players, you know, want to give it their all in their last couple of seasons. And as soon as we got Landon and Avante into this program, we 
kind of knew, you know, when they were younger than they are now, that they had potential to be who they are. And they carry the low. We mentioned how Javon and Avante were on the All-Americans um, list for this upcoming season, but this past season they were also on it as well. Um, and you mentioned Javon coming back healthy. He still missed games, but he still put up numbers. You got him and we three of the monster we keep talking about just everywhere. And you're right about Jerron Rollins. He had an incredible end of the season. He came on to even help that up, and Stone obviously doing his thing. And Nick Baker at times, and Correa when he was in there, we know he struggled, but when Nick Baker got in there, he made the most of it. Like he was ready for that moment his entire career, as we know he was, was, and then Stone doing what he's doing. So we're not surprised by that last one at all. So those accomplishments just show and keep showing how uh, impressive this spring season was, how proud we are of it, and that we want to keep building off of it. So here we are, Noah, now. Hero Sports came out with a top 25. They're also a pretty well-known um, thing because we know Athlon Sports, we talked about in our last pod, had us at number nine, which we knew at that time we were kind of surprised by that. Um, but here we are in this Hero Sports. They have us at number five. Number five, the third Missouri Valley team behind South Dakota State and North Dakota State. Not surprised there. And then also James Madison and their, and their uh, reigning champs in the spring, Sam Houston. We couldn't disagree at all with that. And we'll get uh, Nick's thoughts here in a second about that. He was asked. Um, but it's definitely a far cry from where Athlon Sports had us. Because I remember even you mentioned, obviously, we were a little too, little too low. And we're almost you almost cut that in half to what Hero Sports had us at. So what do you think? I'd say it's about right. Uh... Yeah, that uh, Athlon had us at nine and that we finished the year at eight in the final poll, I believe. So uh, just glad that someone's actually seeing what we're doing and giving us a little respect. Without a doubt. And we talked about how, because uh, they even had like Delaware, Delaware, Weber State, who we even beat, obviously, on the road. Athlon had them. Or had us behind them. So you got to figure, especially if you beat a team at that point in the season, that I would say, um, and especially most teams brought, you know, everybody back. And we definitely did. And when you beat a team like that, that I feel like they should be ranked ahead of them. So, I, so shout out to Hero Sports for uh, having a better and true uh, ranking than Athlon. So here's Nick Hill's uh, opinion on that. Another text message we got, Nick Hill, was how close – is SIU to competing uh, with the Dakotas. And in this new hero uh, ranking that came out uh, this week, I guess it had SIU ranked number five among FCS schools, um, and it had North Dakota State and I guess it was South Dakota State uh, ranked ahead of SIU. But uh, the text uh, said, how close is SIU to competing with the Dakotas? Well, uh, I think... You know, we proved this year as far as competing with beat North Dakota State and then, uh, you know, South Dakota State, there were really two totally different games, but we were 0-2 against them, and uh, they whooped us the first game, and then uh, in game two in the quarterfinals up there at their place, we had our opportunities to, to win that football game, but didn't, and so I think what they've proven over the time that we haven't proven yet is just the sustainability of your program year in and year out. So that's still up to us to, to prove and go and do. So uh, we can't be complacent. Uh, that's a bad word in sports. 
or as a, as a player, as a coach, as a team to, to feel like we've done something or, uh, you know, preseason rankings are, are kind of like rat poison if you're not mature. I mean, they are what they are. If you want to be a good team, you want to have good seasons, there's going to be high expectations. You have to be able to play with high expectations. So, uh, yeah, I, we look forward to playing those guys this year. Uh, they they will be uh, a really tough opponent again, but I, I do feel like we have the roster built up to where we need it to be to be able to sustain that success. Couldn't agree more with him when you say that. Well, I mean, those high expectations we know are there, and it doesn't mean anything unless you sustain it, right? That is correct. We know that the group of guys we are bringing back and the guys we are adding, that just because you get high praise in the preseason doesn't mean that the pressure and we will fold. So I believe in this coaching staff and this team that they will get ready for the season, ramp it up here in the coming months and won't fold to the pressure that they are being picked fifth so far. I know the official FCS preseason bowl has not came out. I know later this month, I believe the Missouri Valley preseason poll comes out. So Knowing that we will be picked high in both, I that we should and get the respect that we deserve, that the coaching staff and the players are mature enough, like he said, to hold and be able to reach those expectations. Yeah, and we've talked about our schedule. And, you know, we've been – because you mentioned also the FCS, and that's the one I think we're, we will pay attention to most – because I thought about that earlier as well. So that'll be the one we'll keep an eye out to see where they – I'd say it's between the five and the eight mark, hopefully, we're hoping, because uh, we know – I remember tweeting at the tweeting at the, uh, the account, the Twitter account, after we uh, – I told them to do something after they missed that Javon touchdown. But they, don't, they won't hold that against us, surely, after they saw us tweet about him. Just kidding. All right, so, yeah, he's right. I mean, to get on the Dakotas' levels – it's all about sustaining it, and we're hoping that this is the start. Well, when we missed the playoffs a couple of years ago, that that was the start, and then we proved it in the spring. And, you know, short off season, hopefully yeah, they um, they make up for it and keep it going. So, Noah, now let's get into um, – we got a new uh, transfer in, and it's last year of eligibility. Um, and then we'll get into what Nick says about – he asked, got asked about a couple transfers as well. We'll get into that here in a second. But, Noah, let's talk about this new guy in the trenches. Yep, uh, we have a new guy in the trenches. He is the – he was an All-American. He was in – he was the player, the defensive player of the year in his conference. And Nick Hill will talk about him shortly, but we will get into him real quick. His name is Kevin Glashin. Glashin? Glashin. Glashin. Maybe. Uh, he played, he was in the a 6'2", 270 defensive tackle. In the spring season, he was the Pioneer Football League defensive player of the year, and he's his final season this fall at SIU. He uh, will help a lot in the trenches on the defensive line because we know the game starts there. So, that just adds depth and a key piece to the defense, and we can't wait to keep adding to that side of the ball. Without a doubt. So now, Noah, you add him with the other guys that we got on the defensive line. Yeah, you add him with – so adding him and the other guys we got, that probably means Burner gets to move back outside where he 
where he's is more comfortable playing and that gives that just helps him out on the outside anthony knighton it just is going to help our defense out even our linebackers that'll help our linebackers if we have any linebacker blitzing and just helps if we get Jawan healthy. We have Jawan on the defensive line. We have Deshondrick Foxworth, D. Foxworth on the defensive line. We have we have uh, Devin Love, Peyton Reeves, Tylen Driver, Cameron Bowdry, Richard Haggerty. Two more transfers coming in. Keenan Agnew's still here. I mean, we have the depth to just be able to do like. Dante Cleveland, I forgot. Caden Reeves coming in. Just those D tackles alone. Then we have the edge guys in Anthony Knighton. Bringing in Manny Jackson. Raekwon Lindsey's back. Jordan Burner. Nate Thurman's coming in. I mean, those guys just coming in, be able to have that depth. Do it like we we talked about. We've talked about several times. A couple of years ago, we were rotating, rotating first line go we're on hockey subs on the defensive line and to be able to do that in depth and just keep guys fresh to when it comes to the fourth quarter if there's a game-winning drive on the line we know our guys can get to the quarterback without a doubt and we we saw especially at the end of the weber state game uh raekwon lindsey made that play it was our only sack of the game and you know the big defensive play whether it's on the line whether it's outside on the edge we we gotta sustain that we gotta make sure and like like we mentioned that Jawan Blankenship if he played I truly think we would have that would he would have probably been the difference against uh, South Dakota State potentially so um, getting into that transfers uh, I'll go ahead and just we'll, we'll mention it he was asked about uh, a fan texted in and asked about uh, transfers that can uh, come in right away and be impactful and he named a couple he named Colby Coleman who's coming in at linebacker we're really excited about him um, starting right away, making plays. Um, he mentioned that he'll be starting linebacker right away that they can trust him. And that right now, I mean, Colby Colby's, seems like a stud. Yeah, Colby coming in from the MAC at Bowling Green. He was a all or he was a all conference at the, in the MAC. So him coming here, Nick will get to it. Guys are going to come here and play. So uh, Colby's big time. Coming in, and we have D. Foxworth coming in. We have so many great transfers coming in that we know we can trust right away to, if if need be, and they put in the work that they will see the field right away. Without a doubt. And he also mentioned uh, Donovan Spencer, who folds us back and liked our, our when we tweeted about uh, Hero Sports, uh, that their ranking of us at number five. He liked that. He's pretty active on Twitter. Apparently, he's a really good player. Nick Hill mentioned him. He, he could probably go on and on about every single one we've got, but he named those two for the sake of the interview. The Donovan Spencer running back, really good player. And then, you know, they're always looking for weapons to come in and be a factor. And he mentioned, um, and we have also, obviously, our three-headed monster running back. He's going to come in and just do whatever it takes. He might line up outside. just Gadget, whole, gadget play guy. Gadget play guy and be, um, you know, worth it in every single facet. So we're looking forward to having him. He's got a lot of years of eligibility, I think, or a couple. No, he is – this is his final straw. year. He came from – Western Carolina. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting as Nick's a quarterback himself and didn't talk about either transfer quarterback coming in. So that makes you so think. that makes you think about, is this is going to be Stone's job no matter what coming in. Great point. 
And as we've talked about, it's hard for it not to be his job after what he pulled for us. Um, so he mentioned those two, I think, because it is their last season and that they will. And he didn't mention, obviously, the guy we signed today because we're thinking he'll play as well. But these two, because it is their final season, they're coming here to try to win. That Yeah, they will They will make the field over others, probably. And, yeah, he did mention that whenever, you know, they bring in recruits, whenever they recruit them, you know, they don't bring them in to, uh, you know, and not, you know, they don't bring them in to not be impactful. So, overall, these guys will find the field and we're expecting it. So, he expects them all to have a role and be competitive and pitch in. He mentioned, uh, you know, bringing guys to help, obviously, uh, try to take spots and for people that are already here to make sure that uh, that spot's not taken, just bring that competitiveness that we know that we need, you know? So you got something else? Competition is key. Bring in guys to push guys, get the best out of each individual and on the roster. If you don't like competition, go somewhere else because we're here to win. That's all that matters at the final end of, end of the straw. And I'm really glad you said that right there because Nick also mentioned that I'm going to put in the, my own words, kind of paraphrasing here that he said, if you came here to go six and four and finish eighth and you came to the wrong program, uh, you know, he was, he kept celebrating this past spring season and that it's, you know, it is what it was. And obviously we're proud of it, but it was time to move on and strive for something more than from this past season. He said that the chip is still, this chip on the sh- shoulder is still there just as big as it was when they missed the playoffs two seasons ago. And um, until we're holding that trophy up at the end of the season, then it wasn't enough overall. And he's really looking forward to training camp this year, maybe more than ever, he said, to the camp, to the meetings, because he said that they couldn't even eat together this past season. They couldn't do so many things together. But now they get the camaraderie and they're able to be together, it's going to make a difference. And I think we'll see it on the field, you know, team building opportunities and all that stuff, he said. So we came here to win, and he was recruiting guys to come in here and win, and they're um, – getting it out there to everybody who's interested in coming here. That's exactly right. It's like it's like uh we're talking on our basketball podcast that some at some point, yes, you love the guys you have, but you have to start recruiting over them if you wanna ex- get to your expectations like you know Brian Mullins and Nikhil wants to do. They want to put SIU on a map for good and leave it there, not just have a couple good years and go away then have meteorocracy for a couple of years and back on the plot. No, we are going to be here to stay, hopefully, and uh, and we believe in this coaching staff and the roster we have as fans. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. Can't wait for football season to get here, also basketball season. Without a doubt. And he also mentioned he was asked about the community because he mentioned how fired up the fans are and um, – you know, that's why he loves to do it. That's why he loves to coach because he loves he loves the community it's here in Southern Illinois. He loves having, you know, he mentioned a lot of towns around here, Harrisburg, Heron, Carterville, Chester, that he likes bringing his players to these towns to meet the people because he's so involved with it and he thinks it's important because he said, he, he said, quote, that's what a college program, cultural program is about, about building and winning a championship. That's how you do it is within your community, not only on the field because you can have you can have all the talent, but if you don't have the connections of great people around you, that it it, it can't work out. So I, I that that quote definitely stuck with me. We know how much he loves this area, and we see all the time. I remember Trevor Olson, offensive line coach. He posted something on his Twitter about just in the community or that just bonding. You know, having 
their families around these players and because they were at the pool, you know, they're having fun around one of their pools and we know Nick Kills brought them on the lake and stuff as well. So it's all about the bondage and we know that, you know, everyone preaches it. It's kind of a cliche, but um, we know, especially at this level with how great of a community is and the smaller-ish community being in this part of, you know, the country and how important that we love our sports and stuff that how vital it is. So I had to add, add that in there as well. Um, okay, Noah, let's get into That was some of the big stuff. Some other things here. Um, the first game of the year, the Kansas State Wildcats. Second, they, second game of the year. Second game of the year. I keep forgetting about the SEMO game that we will be at. It's a big game. Both are huge. War of the Wheel starting off. They We know their program has been solid the last couple of years. So that's a big game to start out with. Went on, went at SEMO, get that wheel, keep that wheel here, get that so confidence going. Get going into the going, take a road trip to Manhattan, Kansas. That's right. And I mentioned Kansas State because it, it came out on TikTok that even Barstool Sports tweeted about it that a lot of their players were just uh, listening to some Justin Bieber and just looking totally like you want to beat them pretty much on that day. I remember we tweeted about it. And I remember somebody said that, uh, can't wait to like, I feel bad for, or feel bad for them. Cause whoever has to play them gets lucky. And I remember, uh, what's his name tweeted about it and said, uh, from Memphis. Oh, uh, good Lord. I mean, I don't know why I'm blanking on it. Ty Daniel. Ty Daniel tweeted about it. He said, where's that here? He said, just watch. So that, that's what got me thinking and excited that he's going to come in as well, being a transfer and be a pivotal part as well. And he's excited to have that matchup too. We had to add that in there because we knew we had to, because it was just funny. And we can't wait to play them. Hopefully it'll make them look as foolish as they did, made themselves look in that video. All right, no, there's that. And then we wanted to mention, because in our last pod, we talked about Chucky leaving and then uh, JT Thompson leaving. And we didn't know at the time, because it was a couple days after he, uh, you know, chose to be in the transfer portal. But he committed to Boston College, Noah. That is correct. He is headed out east to playing that big time, the ACC, to play like the programs of Clemson. Miami, Mac Brown has North Carolina on the rise. Uh, wish Notre Dame would stay in the conference like they were last year during the COVID year, but that is up to them. But he's going to show what he can do at that kind of level to possibly get on the map of the NFL. Without a doubt. And uh, moving on to that now, uh, we'll – one for one, we wish him luck. You know that is a tough conference, as you say. He's got a lot of good teams he'll be facing off if he plays. We're assuming he does. We know he's got the talent, so good luck to him. We know he liked whenever we tweet about the preseason hero sports thing. He liked our tweets, so he still follows us. We still follow him. I'm sure he still follows the program here. So there's that. No, now we want to get into a topic. We did talk about this with basketball and how big it is that the name, image, and likeness coming to college sports. Is a big deal, and if you guys want to go check back to the basketball pod to talk about what we think about that, there's a lot of things. We'll talk for the basketball side, the football side, as we mentioned. There's so many people on teams that, especially at the higher levels, whether they're already getting paid or not, that's a controversy in and of itself. But, you know, it's hard to imagine that all those players on the football team to account for will get opportunities. And I know, I know you mentioned uh, Kevion Thibodeau from Oregon, his opportunities, because he's a world-class player. He'll be a top-three pick in the draft. 
if you're not one of those guys, you might struggle. But even if obviously, you know, NBA, NFL drafts a big one, you know, they find guys either way. So a lot of people in football will get opportunities, and that's where it is. We mentioned Derek Stingley, his situation with LSU. So we mentioned the world-class athletes, but anybody, you know, you know, um, especially where you're at, where you're located matters. And we wanted to mention that because we know that not many basketball players from SIU have gotten many opportunities, but we did see that Landon Lenore, the great Landon Lenore, who's really close in a lot of records here at SIU, and we're thinking he'll break a lot of them this fall season. He partnered with Book Cameo. Not sure exactly what it is, but he's partnered with them. His link is in his bio if anybody wants to go check that out. Um, so shout out to him. And like we said, a lot of people may be, especially SIU players that, you know, have, you know, partnerships, but they're not tweeting about it yet that we've seen. Landon is one that we have seen. So good luck to him. Hopefully he's not the last on this team to get these opportunities. Like we said, this should happen a long time ago in college sports. So, so good luck to Landon on, because uh, we're thinking, you know, Javon and Avante, you know, the true stars of this team potentially have big opportunities, don't they know, around this area? Yeah, around this area, uh, I heard it some, I forget where I heard it, but I brought it up to you yesterday while we were talk, talking off the pod of basketball when we were talking about this, that uh, it'd be cool to see that uh, a local dealership like a Ford, Chevy, get our offensive line and do something with them, but a Ford truck or an F-150 or a, or a Chevy Silverado, that'd be pretty cool to see. And it's, yeah, it's got to see that uh, Landon got a deal with Cameo. I know it's a thing where pretty sure you just pay. I know a lot of stars do it and make money off of it. You pay, you can say your favorite athlete was say, let's just take a Chargers player since you're a Chargers fan, Keenan Allen, you would, your parents could pay him, whatever he wants to send you a video, say happy birthday or whatever that I'm pretty sure that's what cameo oh. is. So I just clicked on his link that he has. You can book him for $20 right now. You can have a one-on-one video with him if you want. So, Oh, wow. If like you, in terms of meeting the players. Yeah. That, that seems pretty cool. I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if we see other players. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. If say your, that. your kid was, that's his favorite player. You could send him a little money, say, Hey, you can have a video chat with him, say happy birthday or whatever. Wow, that's really kids. cool. So that'd be really that's really cool to see that he got to deal with them. That's a great idea. That's a great way to like autographs aside, but getting to talk to them if it's not in person. We know still with the COVID thing that it's still a thing. Some people think it's not, but it's still there. Um, that yeah, that's awesome. They they get the opportunity to talk virtually and pay for it, and that's definitely worth it. I when we, I'm sure a lot of people are starting to do that. A lot of players are starting. That's a great idea for him. So shout out to him and good luck to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, no, we're we're winding down here on this episode. We've covered a lot, as we know. We wanted to get into a certain mailbag question, though, and an important question. We really think that this should happen. Noah, let's uh, get into that real fast. Yeah, this um, mailbag question is from Lane and Heron. Uh, shout out to Lane for sending us a DM and asking this question. He wants to know which we have no insights on this, but he wants to know that he, he knows that Nick Hill got a one-year extension on his contract, that there has been no news about an extension. I know that I think during the season they said that there would be talks and blah, 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 but uh, there's nothing coming to it yet. So as of right now, this would be Nick Hill's final season as head coach if there's no extension. 
which I'm sure they will get the deal done, but he would just like to know our thoughts on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing more to say than that he's proving it right now. He, you know, Dale Lennon's teams he had to take come in for, and, you know, he came straight from college he st- or high school. He came straight from Carbondale High School and came in here to try to run a college football program, and it's not easy. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of um, experience coaching outside of just the fact that he was a really good player and he came to his alma mater, you know, expectations for him were there, just like how they're kind of were with Brian, even though we knew the teams he was taking over for too. There was that expectation there, being how great of a player you were. And he had those rough patches at the beginning, and then he got out of it. You know, they brought notoriety here. They started to win. They started to get the players they needed. And, you know, like we said, we almost were really disappointed. We didn't get, didn't get into the playoffs, and I feel like obviously we had to beat North, North Dakota State in that home game. That was really low scoring, and we, I feel like we should have got in. We had a lot of good wins that season, and this past season speaks for itself. We talked about it so many times that – and he's still bringing in all these transfers, all these really good recruits. It's going to sustain. So, as you just said, we, we know that it's probably going to be there, but we're thinking it needs to be a long one. And he's, you know, he's barely 40 years old. I mean, he's so young as well that, you know, he, he could do this for a long time. We know how much he loves it, obviously. He's, he talks about it a lot. So it definitely needs to happen. Hopefully, I, I, I don't think it'll happen before this season. It might. It obviously, I don't think they're going to bank it on if we get to the playoffs again or not, because obviously that's hard to do. And well, are, are they expanding the playoffs this year? Because I know like we they cut it in half. They in cut spring. it. They cut the sixteen from twenty four. I assume it would be back to the uh, normal twenty four teams, which we saw the F the FCS committee has the respect of the Missouri Valley to put the extra teams in. So, like last last year, there's a couple teams that had a couple down years. So that's just going to show that maybe we can have even more get into it. Without a doubt, because. Those teams that you're mentioning, like the Northern Iowa's, the Illinois States, who dropped out, programs like that that we know are good, and then we'll off the face again this year to show them that we're good as well. And you mentioned also, I mean, because they've expanded back, we have a we have a just as good a chance or a better chance to get in. We got to take care of our own business. But the fact that we were, because Missouri State beat us, they were ahead of us and in get into the playoffs that we barely got in again this year. And imagine how disappointed we would have been this go around if we didn't make it because we obviously we had a way better resume than we did, you know, two years ago when we almost got in. So we almost didn't get in twice. So, I mean, that just shows how close we were and that we got to take care of our business when it's there. You know, obviously you're not going to go undefeated and you're, you know, you're going to drop some of some of these, you know, other great teams, you know, but you got to fight for it. We know they will. And the expansion of the playoffs gives us better hope to know that we can get in. But like I said, we just got to take care of our own business. And we know that that's the, what we're going to do. So going back to the extension, back in 20, December 2015, Nick Hill signed a three-year contract with a base salary of $175,000 a year. It, it featured a two-year option, which the AD at that time was Tommy Bell. So that started in 20, 2017. No, wait, that'd be 2015. So it'd be now. So he got the one year extension one year, last yeah. year. So uh, the 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 extension featured uh, more incentive based bonuses on than his previous deal. Uh, Liz Jarnigan did say we did discuss a longer extension, but again the overall record was seventeen and twenty eight under his tenure. 
She said we were measured what we could possibly do and also given the fact that our attendance continues to be poor, which causes us to be very difficult time to finance salary increases. The goal, again, would be to achieve sustained success and get fans in the stands, and we can do that what we really want. So with what happened two years ago, showing what we can do, now we got back into the playoffs, knowing that fans with the limited capacity said, well, I want to go, I can't get tickets, blah, 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 that we know we can pack the – stadium and continue this success so if you want sustained success you need to extend the kill whenever before the season during the season after the season let's not i'm sure he's not worried about that he's getting these guys prepared to go out on the thursday night at semo and be ready to play bingo you hit it right on the head because yeah they're not going to wait for the extension to see how he does this season even though we all know that we think they're going to be good um I mean, just the fact that you hit on the head with she because she mentioned his record and then not getting a lot of fans, which we covered that. We know that fans didn't show up before. COVID didn't help this at all with money purposes, with not allowing fans outside of family to show up until, like, yeah, until they realized that they needed to have more people, and then they did. They sold tickets to everybody. But since this year hopefully will be packed, we pray it will be packed for these games to make up for this money to give to Nick Hill by God. He, he deserves it. And like I said, the pandemic did not help. So hopefully we're in a decent spot. We know Liz does an incredible job. I mean, an unreal job. We talk about how great of a job Jerry Kill did in his time with bringing the, the turf field, bringing the new court, bringing the new logo, hiring Nick Hill, hiring Brian Mullins, hiring Lance Rhodes, hiring all these people. He did a great job in that, but Liz has sustained it. He left it to the, the right person. She's done everything from getting the Butler game of basketball to getting the Southeast Louisiana game of football. She's done what it took, you know, by the help of the staff in both sports to get these things done. So we're confident that they will work something out. And we know Nick will prove it this year that he deserves, I want to say a lifelong extension, but a long one to keep him here, the place that he loves, the place that he continues to build. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So we love Nick Hill, and he deserves to get his money. So, Because we also mentioned the disparity. You know, we, we know basketball has been, you know, the sport of this school for a long time. That, uh, um, you know, Brian Mullins makes how much? 475K, I believe. Okay. That was an average of all the MVC coaches. Okay. And we were thinking, well, we're – whether that get, goes up for him or not, but we know the, the difference between him and then what Nick Hill makes because we know basketball is filled up. They had the rough patches too, but they filled up more than football has. So we're hoping that Nick gets that extension, as we've said. So um, great pod today. I don't think there's anything else to cover. Um, great stuff. As we get closer and closer to this season, more stuff will happen, more dominoes will fall in terms of transfers, in terms of in and out transfers. Or anything, we're always, because like we said, there's so many people to take into account in football, so many people that sit and so forth. So we know more moves will keep happening. You know, we didn't see this. We didn't see Marty Rogers leave. I don't think I did. So we saw, you know, getting these new coaches in to help out. Um, that's huge news. So news like that will keep continuing to fall, hopefully. Uh, we'll keep everybody posted. Be sure to keep following us on our brand new logoed accounts. Um and be sure to DM us if you guys have any questions, want us more things to cover that we didn't or that you would like us to. Be sure to DM us. We had one recently on basketball today. So we just want those to keep on coming. 
and football because it's so close. They get those questions in because we're we're saying so many times how excited we are to get this thing going. It's only about two months away at SEMO. The first two games on the road, imagine winning the casino has always been good. So imagine, you know, those two wins on the road would be would be incredible, really would, to show that we're the Road Warriors this season, get that war back and retain that war that wheel. So we'll keep having pods, obviously, as more news falls. Be sure to keep following us. Turn on those tweet notifications, and we'll be sure to get you guys all the great information that you guys need. So another great pod today. Noah, great work again. So for Dogs Football, my name is Nick Malone. No Lurch. This is Dogs Football Podcast. Until next time, as always, go dogs.